I'm Brian Tetta, executive producer of The View, and I'm here with Sonny Hostin. This is Behind the Table. Okay, I am very excited. I'm excited every day, but I'm really excited today because we have the one, the only, the legal expert, the legal eagle of The View, the great Sunny Hostin is with us. Yes, I'm very happy to be here with you, Brian. We're thrilled. What did you think of today's show? Oh, today's show was fun. We've been having a lot of fun, actually. I mean, I I particularly enjoy the legal discussions, of course, because course, I get to, to put that hat on. Um, but I also enjoy the jealousy um, <laughs> discussions because I suffer from that. And um, I think I'm very wise when it comes to relationships. I, I think it's it's interesting because your persona in general, I would say <laughs> most people feel is on the liberal side of things. But your relationship yeah. persona is a little bit on the, the more conservative side I'm actually side of not things. as liberal as people think I am. Right. It's actually always very interesting to me that people are like, and you're so liberal. Um, I'm sorry, I'm a pro-life Catholic that's been married for 25 five years right you're a conundrum <laughs> and i'm a lawyer right. right i follow the rule of law i follow the rules of my church uh, I, i'm not all that liberal i i'm probably much more in the middle than i'm ever seen as i don't know how that happens but when they say the liberal shrews of the view, I kind of look around <laughs> craning my neck, like, who are they talking about? I think I read that book, The Liberal <laughs> Shrews of the View. That was unflattering. Uh, no, I, I think uh, I think it's interesting. I think what I like about most of the ladies on the show is yeah. you can't really paint by numbers on anybody. You no. can't say, I know exactly what Whoopi's going to think about this. I know exactly what Sonny's going to think about this. Because you're thoughtful. You're not yes. reading talking points. These are, these are your beliefs. And they... Run on a spectrum. Our authentic beliefs. And for me, in particular, I am a traditionalist. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, we were talking about uh, on the show today the the Joe Jonas divorce uh, story with Sophie Turner. And one of the things you said that caught my ear was it's important to you that you give the messaging that people should not be married before 30. Never. Never. That's an interesting take from you, I thought. You know, I, uh, I met Manny probably when I was 25. And he's younger than I am, so he was 23. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is much more conservative than I am. I don't know if people understand that. Um, you know that about him. I do. And um, he's not a liberal. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, he's extremely faith-driven. Um, and so, you know, you're not supposed to have premarital sex and all these other things. And so he's like, let's get married. And I was like, wow, I'm learning how to drink Jägermeister shots and I (laughs) am partying and I'm also building a career because for me, I've seen many friends, you know, I went to Notre Dame and uh, I'm friends with a lot of like the basketball wives and a lot of the football wives. And I've seen what happens when a marriage breaks up and a woman hasn't worked since their 20s, and uh, there's a prenup, or even if there isn't a prenup, then their lifestyle has to completely change, along sometimes with the lifestyle of their children. I never wanted that to happen to me. And so for me, his position was, I'm gonna be an orthopedic surgeon, and I'm gonna own a surgical center, and I'm gonna you know, have my own offices all over the city. And in fact, he does. I was gonna say. That- in fact, he does, he's extremely successful. But I'm successful too. Right. And if he decides to lose his mind, I don't think he will, but if he loses his mind and 
this marriage somehow breaks up or God forbid something happens to him, I have my own identity outside of the marriage. I could not have done that had we gotten married at 25 and I had children at 27. So it's more about building yourself or is it about kind of having time to sow your oats or what is the I, what I is think the it's more about building yourself and I think it's more about um, also having fun and sowing your oats because when you're married, things change. And for me, they especially change when you have children. Right. Because all of a sudden, you're not first. And, you know, as an only child, for the first time in my life, my firstborn was Gabriel. All of his needs came first. And then when Paloma was born, all of her needs came first. So their needs came first. And it came first in our marriage. Um, and I just can't believe, like, a 23-year-old would get married and then have a baby at 25 and then another baby at 27, and people are annoyed with her because she's out at a party. Right. Like, she should have been partying for the decade, and instead she's married. Was Manny, is Manny more of a homebody than you? Yes, he is. Because you go out quite a bit. I love to go out. Yeah. I, love, I love to dance. I'm a trained dancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love to go to parties and premieres. And, and we have a pre-tape. I know I, you've often <laughs> been out the night before. I've been out the night before. Not happy about the pre-tape. I hang out with a group of women. Um, some are married, some aren't, but mm-hmm. they're very well known in the industry and they like to party. Right. Manny is generally... He gets up at 5 a.m., he works out, he leaves by 6 at the latest, and he is in surgery all day, or he is, you know, seeing patients, and then he's coming home looking for dinner. Mm-hmm. He's looking for, for for a very traditional marriage. I generally order DoorDash for him. Mm-hmm. It meets him at the house, even if I have not. So there's a balance, and you figure it out over time. We have figured it out, but it's taken a long time. And I, I just, I would never advise my children to get married before 30. I'm so happy that there is egg freezing now that mm-hmm. didn't exist when I was younger. Um, had it existed, I don't know that I would have gotten married at 30, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, I got married really young. I got married at 28. And Too my, young. My wife was 24. Too young. And I don't know, that, and, and it's worked out. And we actually just kept, you know, yeah. we, we worked and lived in the city and, and, yeah. Like seven years before we had kids. That's and important too. I think that was important for us, but I definitely, I have two daughters and I would not be excited Never. to hear they're getting married at 23, 24 years yeah. old. Yeah. I mean, your eggs, the only thing is like with women, you know, at 35, your advanced maternal age. I'll never forget, I was pregnant with Gabriel at 34, and then he was born in August. Uh, and I turned 35 in October, and they kept on saying advanced maternal age. And I'm looking around in the room like, who are, who are you to? talking about? <laughs> it's not me. I mean, I, I felt like I looked 25 at that age. And um, I, I just, I think the egg, you know, there are a lot of, a lot more options open. And um, those options weren't necessarily open to me, but I would not have gotten married any younger than 30. I was not dragged to the altar, but <laughs> surprised when the engagement ring popped up. All right. All right. Well, you, it worked out pretty well, I think. <laughs> it did. All right. So speaking of hot topics, uh, this week we've heard your take on a few relationship topics. They've yes. been some of my favorites of the week. <laughs> um, but let me get your take on this this kind of story from the uh, cutting room floor of the hot topics <laughs> meeting. I did this with Sarah yesterday. It actually came up on a commercial break today. And okay. I get, I'm excited to get your take on it. Um it's about a spouse having six months, finding out that his spouse has six months to live. Okay. And she said to him, before I go, I want to sleep with my ex one last time. Sarah and I talked about it yesterday. We were certain that Manny wouldn't get the six months. You just kill him right away. What, what, you're what are right. Your I mean, he wouldn't survive. 
that request. <laughs> I mean, it shows that this woman is not in love with her husband. I mean, that that's what it says to me. Right. It says to me that, you know, I mean, you make a vow. Right. That you are never going to have sex with anyone else. Maybe you don't say that in the church. Well, death to us part is in there. death yeah. to us part in sickness and in health. Yeah. And I think the worst thing is for someone to be sick and abandon the marriage. Well, and that sounds like an abandonment to me. I mean, I'm not saying I would give Manny rat poison, <laughs> but... Uh, I you feel know. like a lot of these conversations are going to be subpoenaed in the future <laughs> at some point. Um, it's not good. But no, he would. I I would be very hurt, and I, you know there would be a it would be a problem. So Sarah was much more open to this, which was shocking to me, and she was shocked wow. that I would have a problem with it. But yeah, of course, no, no. I understand you know wanting to do whatever you can for the happiness of your spouse. But this would also color the the entire mourning period, the recollection everything. of the marriage, everything. It's it like would, the indecent proposal movie. It is. It is. I mean. Is is the guy paying to have sex? Is the woman paying to have sex with Manny? I mean, if, if I'm getting, you know, I don't, I don't even know how to put a price tag on it because yeah. I think I'm still going to be so angry. Right. I mean, would $5 million make me less angry? Maybe. It might make me less angry. But I think I'd still be angry. Agreed. And Agreed. then he would die and he would always have that on, on, on. I mean, I might put it on his gravestone. Yeah. No, I think The man right. who slept with his ex <laughs> with six months to live. Do you want that as a history? The loved husband, father, and man who slept with the Zach. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's, that's That's what I would do. I like it. All right. So <laughs> we've just kicked off season 27. What are you excited about? You told me you're already tired. It's day three. I'm, <laughs> tired. I'm tired too. I'm not going to lie. I feel terrible about that. It's weird. I'm like, <laughs> why am I so tired? Um, that's because I played a lot during our hiatus this time. Um, I'm most excited about the, the, the politics. If I'm being honest yeah. to my core i'm a legal nerd and that that's i know a little bit about a, a little bit of a few things but i know a lot about the law i've been practicing 29 years and i've kept my licenses current so that in the event that i ever need to write an amicus brief or something i can do it it's still one of my loves and um four indictments against the twice impeached disgraced one-term president. I mean, now four times indicted, two in federal court, two in, in state court. It's a, a legal nerd's dream. Well, I'm always grateful to have you here on the show, <laughs> but never more so than when we're coming into, this I, is your sweet spot. It's just, I mean, I'm so excited. I mean, I've probably read too much in, you know, mm -hmm. my husband's like, what are you reading? And it's usually an indictment. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want to know him inside out. Right. And uh, what some people don't know is that uh, Fanny, um, I don't know her. We're not on a first name basis, but she charges a RICO um, case. RICO cases are really hard to prove. And the reason I know that is because I was the research assistant to the man who wrote the statute when wow. I was in law school. Um, and his name is G. Robert uh, Blakey. We used to call him Professor Blakey. And he chose me to do it because of the complexity of that statute and because it really requires you to be able to connect the dots in a way. It's a conspiracy case. Right. And conspiracy cases are really hard to prove because even if, but even if the conspiracy hasn't been completed, you can still be found guilty. And it usually has a lot of players. And it was used against the mafia. By Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> it was used against the mafia to take down the mob families. And so, you know, I'm a big, as you know, I'm a big Godfather fan. Me too. And, um, 
I just I, I was honored to have been asked to be the research assistant and I really dug in. And so I, I'm partly responsible, believe it or not, for some of the um, pieces of that legislation. Oh, wow. And I am just enamored of the fact that I can talk about it on the show. I'm going to try to break it down. You know, like in Philadelphia, he says, talk to me like I'm a 12 year old. Yeah. And I think that's how I approach legal analysis. Like, let me try to break it down to a 12-year-old. It's what I need when I need to hear that's, it from you. So that's, it's great. that's what I try to do. Woodward and Bernstein, pen and paper, wine and cheese. What about the perfect pairing when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're delivering daily digests or serving sensational scoops, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort, thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com view, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com view now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash view. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This is according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, so one of the, the more uh, famous roles you have on the show is... <laughs> Uh, the deliverer of the legendary legal note, the sunny legal note. It's kind of evolved over time. In the beginning, it was like, well, you know, we have a lawyer here, let her her do it. And yes. I think what people don't understand about the legal note, because I always read articles saying like, The View had got so much wrong and they had to give 75 yeah, legal no. notes. A legal note is not a correction. 
No. A legal note is something that, as a part of ABC News, we are asked to do to make yes. sure we're presenting all statements and sides. Well, yes, because we have a standards and practices uh, attorney. I have friends that have that gig, mm-hmm. and they want to make sh- they want to limit the exposure of the company. They want to limit the legal exposure of our show. They want to limit the legal exposure of our hosts. And, and, and we are unscripted primarily, right. and so we're saying things off the cuff, and some of us who aren't lawyers are saying things off the cuff, and so that those corrections need to be made because people are very litigious. And when you're talking about a Donald Trump, we know he's litigious. Right. When we're talking about any of his cronies, you know, we know that they're litigious, and so we need to protect our show so we can still be on air. Um, now, I do get a kick out of some of it, because, and I try to keep a straight face because some of it is... For one, for a lawyer who's been a lawyer for almost 30 years, it's so obvious. Right. But I know that it's necessary. And so I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to play the conversation as, we've had. I'm trying you know, to play wanna... it as straight as possible <laughs> because it's like, and they've denied it. Of course they've denied right. it. They've pled guilty. But I think it's necessary. It's a necessary evil. Right. You know, and it's something you're often saying the same note several <laughs> times in a show or a week or a month. Or, yes. Yes. And we'll be saying that particular note until we get Donald Trump denies all that he's doing <laughs> over and over again. But um, but it's important, and uh, yeah. But I'm glad we could kind of clarify exactly yes. why that happens. And listen, you're right. We're an opinion show. We're speaking off the cuff. Yeah, we are. So you know, there are times where we get it wrong. Sometimes. We get it wrong, and we correct it, and we acknowledge it. Yes. and it's never something where. And it would be nice if other shows did that. They don't. You know, I mean, I have been the subject of. A lot of commentary, uh, shocking to me, but you know, Fox News. I'm, it's it's either joy or it's sunny, mm-hmm. and they say things that literally are not true. And my mother loves to go on Facebook and fight with people. Yeah, and I've said like, <laughs> stop fighting with people. She's like, but it's not true. I know it's not true. It doesn't matter. Manny's great because he's not really on social media, but my kids sometimes have even said, ah. Uh, a friend of mine at school said that you believe blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, do you think I believe that? No. Well, then it's not true. Tell them it's not true. Um, all right. So now we're going to take a complete left turn here <laughs> because we had Sarah Haynes here yesterday. And on the way How out. How can I follow Sarah? Oh, you're doing a great she's job. She's like a comedian. Well, on the way out, she said, forget about law. <laughs> Ask Sonny about UFOs and aliens because oh. she enjoys that very much. And well, it is a hot topic that's going on. Well, we're not alone. Okay. Okay. Were you surprised? We had Neil deGrasse Tyson on, and he he's was, wrong. He was very dismissive. He was very dismissive. I didn't appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Neil. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've hung out together. We've hung out at Whoopies actually. Yeah, because they're dear friends. Um, all I know is, if I were to get the chance to interview a past president, not mm-hmm. not the disgraced one, but any other one, although the disgraced one would probably be the most open because he's unhinged. Um, I want to know about Area Fifty One. Right. That's all I want to know. All right. So you wake up tomorrow, you turn on the news, and yes. you see th- they've landed. They've you're, landed. You're not shocked by that. You're I like, am not at all shocked. Mm-hmm. I'm a little afraid because of the movies that I watch sure. and how they want to kill everybody. And then they, they want to be like locusts and they want to displace us. Mm-hmm. So that makes me a little bit fearful they're going to eat us and stuff and then like take over our bodies. I was right. just watching a movie like that. Okay. And so I think that's also possible. It's a concern. Um, <laughs> it's a concern. So it's a little concerning and right. um, disconcerting and also a little conspiracy theory, which I try not to get into and traffic in. Now, I know you're but, risk averse, but you keep, you know, we keep having these 
celebrities yes. going up in space on these these little missions. Yes. Would that be appealing to you at all? No. Okay. Because that seems very unsafe. Yeah. Like, why go up for five seconds and then come back down? That's like a roller coaster ride. Now, if I'm going up to meet an alien. Okay. Then you're in. I'm in. All right. Good. If I'm going up and I'm getting all the astronaut training and they're saying, Sonny, we found um, a few people that live on Mars and they're Martians and they, they love the view. They want to talk to you. I would go. Because you can be coerced into stuff. Like you, you, you're very, you're, 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 your initial answer is usually no, but you get flexible. Like you were very much against you're afraid of sharks, you're afraid of water. Yes. And then we had that, that uh, gentleman on who was talking about his own shark experience. He, well, he was also very attractive. Yeah, I, I know. I know. I've heard so, a lot about that. He was that. also very attractive. So I lost my mind briefly. Because they came to me afterwards and said, Sonny wants to go down in the shark cage with him. I did until he said that I, he would be my shark cage. And I think he was flirting with me a little bit. <laughs> and I was like, you're the shark cage? I didn't feel like he was the proper cage, even though he had the proper experience. Right. So I would like to be with him in a cage, <laughs> and then I would do it. But he can't be the cage. That was Paul de Gelder, his name was. Paul. Yeah. Paul. Very attractive Paul de Gelder. Paul the cage de Gelder. Yeah, he has to. He cannot be the cage. Okay. All yeah. Right. Well, we're going to revisit that because I think, you know. <laughs> Once uh, once things progress on the show, we'll, well need to... You know, my kids have really made me a little bit better. You know, you know, Gabriel's a, a free diver, mm-hmm. sadly, scuba diver, a surfer. Paloma has recently taken up, like, surfing and uh, diving and, and things like that. And so that's the only way I seem to get time with them these days at mm-hmm. 21 and 17. You need the activity. That, I have that to do the activities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabriel skydives and he does zip lining. Paloma loves zip lining. Mm-hmm. She wants to skydive. I'm not doing any of those things, but the water stuff, they have, um, they're sort of getting me to do that. I really them. wanted you to parasail in the Bahamas. I yeah, I can't, I yeah, can't do I that. I can't, that sounds, that feels dangerous. Maybe a future trip. We'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of Gabe, um, I saw on social media, and you mentioned it on the show, that you dropped him off for the third year of college. I did. Is it still hard to say goodbye? I could not believe, Brian, how hard it was to leave him there. Oh. And uh, I thought it would get easier every year because I feel like I don't even think my parents drove me my third year. <laughs> <laughs> I think they dropped me off my first year, and then my father moved to Chicago, and my mom was working, and I kind of feel like I drove a U-Haul truck with stuff myself. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving them short shrift, but I don't remember the drop-off. But Gabriel really didn't have it together. And he was like, uh, I have these paintings from South Africa that I'm putting up. I mean, he was like kitting out his whole room. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just, we went to help him. And as we finally finished, took us two days, he gave me the the look that your three year old gives you when you're going out to dinner, and they don't know what time you're coming back. <laughs> I, that's the only way I can explain it. And so then he's like kind of teary eyed, and then I start crying. Oh, that's my, so sweet. My husband's like, "This is ridiculous. You two are ridiculous. We're very close. Yeah. Pro- probably in a way that um, if anybody's read my memoir, it's because he almost didn't make it." Yeah. He had a one in four chance of making it, and uh, I had a torn placenta, and so I was on bed rest for almost my entire pregnancy, and they finally cleared me at eight months, and they said, we're going to deliver him a little early because he's going to make it. So I think when you have that kind of bond, it's really hard. You know, Paloma's much more independent. 
I suspect she's not going to cry when I leave. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe she will. <laughs> Maybe she will. I secretly hope she does. But uh, it was really hard again. That's sweet. I, I can't uh, wrap my head around that. I still got some time to go. But my daughter went uh, to sleepaway camp for the first time. And it was oh. just short. It was just a week. But it's, it, it's terror. And the house is incredibly yeah. quiet without them. Yeah. It's incredibly quiet without them. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been lovely. We're going to do yes. this again. Yes. Now, tomorrow, I have Anna Navarro in the room <laughs> oh, with gosh. her podcast debut. Good luck. Um, tune in, and we'll see you then. Yes. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. People who disappear without a trace. Where is she? The most notorious murder cases in New York. Pure evil. And the most devious killers. There's a Hannibal Lecter feel to him. For chilling true crime stories, follow the True Crime NYC podcast wherever you listen.